Hello. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Who I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. The podcast that says you don't have to sweat for the wedding. Amen. Say it again for the people in the back. You don't <laughs> have to sweat for the wedding. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we had a really, really great guest on the show with us. Someone that actually knows their stuff. I loved how he went into detail about certain things that I wouldn't have even thought about. But I mean, that just shows he's a true professional and he knows the stuff. So we're talking about fitness and getting your body right for the wedding. It's a little bit more than that. He gets into your mental health. Mm-hmm. About your sleeping habits mm-hmm. y'all he goes into depth so you know right. he's real and if you ever need someone to help you get right and get those megan knees like ashley was saying mm-hmm. hit him up definitely so we hope y'all enjoy this episode but we're pretty sure you will stay tuned Hey, Hugh Boos, this is your girl, Tania. If you did not already know, I recently got engaged 4321. That's April 3rd, 2021. Your girl's engaged. (laughs) I am in the beginning stages of wedding planning, and to be honest, it has been overwhelming. Yes, being a co-host on Hugh I Do has helped a bit, but I did not know where to start. I did not know what questions to ask my vendors and how to navigate this entire process because it is a process. I was leaning on Ashley a little bit too much and I'm pretty sure she was possibly getting annoyed with me, but you know, she loves me. So I was excited when our good friends over at the Big Wedding Planning Podcast reached out and said, hey, we have a wedding planning digital course and it's everything that you need to plan your own wedding as a wedding planner would do it. As you know, Christy and Michelle are both wedding planners. And when I tell you, they have literally walked me through every single process of planning and it's been absolutely amazing. So they have given us a deal for our listeners, $50 off the total price of the course with our promo code QIDO. So head on over to the Big Wedding Planning Masterclass.com. Again, that is the Big Wedding Planning Masterclass.com and type in QIDO at checkout for $50 off. I promise you will not be disappointed. And we have a very special guest with us today. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. What's good, y'all? I'm Doreen Gambit J, the bridal architect, and I help the overwhelmed bride to be ditch dieting, enjoy empowering exercise, and bust body image issues to become the best badass bride. Yes. Come okay. on, elevator pitch. Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited for us to have this conversation because we haven't had one like this before, and both of us are in kind of this boat. Uh, Tania planning her wedding and with me planning, I guess it's my wedding. I don't, I don't know it what is you call it at this point. We're already married, but whatever. So we're both in planning mode, but with that being in mind, we're also kind of like, okay, wanting to look good and snatched for mm. the day, but you know, also not trying to like, child, some of these folks be on these diets, these crazy diets. And it's just like, 
don't do that to yourself. So we're glad to have you on the show with us tonight. But before we get into really what you came here for, like, how did you start the Bridal Architect? Like, what led you there? Yeah, no problem. So I actually started out as a corporate personal trainer, not having any sort of interest at all with working with the engaged population. I was just that corporate trainer where they said, everybody on that gym floor is your ideal client. They got a membership and they got a wallet, get them. And I'm like, even if I can't help them, even if we don't click, even if they're a problem, okay. And Needless to say, that really just burned me out very, very fast. So um, upon then, I ended up just reaching out to my immediate network. I got some clients from there. And one of my clients' friends was getting married. And she's like, you got such good results for my friend. I'd love to be able to chat with you and see what we could do. I learned a little bit about her motivations, what the common stumbling blocks are to planning a wedding and also working a job while planning a wedding Mm -hmm. and while just living life with the different context of just this whole wedding atmosphere where their pain points are very specific and particular. So I got into it from there, but also growing up, my mom always played Luther Vandross. He's my favorite. So like, I love love. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's like, I could get behind it really. And that's really where it came. And I loved having been doing it so long. I've been doing it for about four years now. Oh, nice. Nice. And yeah, there is definitely a lane because everybody wants to make sure they look good for their day that, you know, whatever pounds they done picked up over the last like year or so doesn't show up or, um, you know, maybe they turn into muscle. I don't know, but everybody wants to look and feel good on their wedding days. So I, yeah, good job for like finding that lane. <laughs> exactly. Because everyone wants to drop it low and not get tired. At, <laughs> right everybody <laughs> wants megan knees yeah. like <laughs> rump shaking exactly because yes. like when people try on their dresses sometimes they like get down to see like okay how much can i move and can i do mm-hmm. also like you need to have the stamina to be able to do all that exactly and most exactly. of us just don't <laughs> <laughs> i don't <laughs> I know I don't. So where are you based? I'm based out of Long Island, New York. And I feel like I just always have to say I'm about 90 minutes from New York City. People are like, where's where? Where's that at? I'm like, you know where New York City is. So I'm close. (laughs) Okay, that's not that far. But honestly, I don't I don't think I ever process where Long Island is in proximity to New York City. Nobody does unless they live here. (laughs) Train right away. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, but at least people know about Long Island, you know? That's true. Like, yeah. you know, it's known. So it's not like you're in New York, but you're in like the northern part and like no one's heard of the city. So, you know, at least you're. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I am the yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know what time it is. We're going to go into a game of this or that where we ask, you know, is the typical Instagram game. You pick between this option or that option. You explain why. And we keep it moving. And of course, because you're our guest, you will start first, Dorian. So we have a fun four rounds. They're somewhat on theme, I hope. But be honest. Be be honest. (laughs) 
No problem. Okay. Okay. So would you prefer to run a 5K with your wedding party or play kickball with your wedding party? Ooh, those are good. (laughs) Because I actually hate running so much, but I actually did a 5K with people I work at at a fitness studio. And despite having the preconceived notion of this is going to be terrible, it's going to be torture, why did I sign up? Why are we doing this? It was so fun. But I love me some kickball. I love kickball. Right? (laughs) It's it's a tough one. Um, I feel like I would do kickball, honestly. Okay. Just because I'm this person who I love pegging. I get the ball, get out my way. (laughs) Better get on that base. So that's me. Okay. Tania, what about you? I'm also going to choose kickball. Of course, I'm going to pray that no one gets hurt. No. Um. Yeah, I say that only because one of Brandon's best friends, actually, um, they're playing, I think, soccer. But, you know, but I mean, but he was in a league and he was in Mm -hmm. one of his best friend's weddings, like literally like the next week. He actually ruptured his his Achilles tendon and he had to have surgery and everything. And that's a big surgery. Exactly. Exactly. So literally like the day before it was like, will I get discharged from the hospital or, you know, or what? But he made it to the wedding. He was in a boot. Yeah. But he made it. So I'm just oh. like, I want to play kickball, but I just want to make sure that, you know, we we warm up, we do our stretches, we, you know, don't go Ooh. too hard because I still want everyone to be there. So, okay. yeah. but kickball, yeah. it's a long yeah. answer, but. Yeah, kickball. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. So I don't know why the assumption was that this game has to occur like right before the wedding, though. Like it could be like I mean, yeah, six but months still. out. That's still. true. That's still. true. But I mean, it, recovering from an Achilles tear, or any sort of injury is going to take months of rehab. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you really want to have someone limping down the aisle i mean if, if i have to have them do then that then a, that's of course. what it is yeah but i would not want it to stem from um a game that i put together true so dang because yeah. then how how are they like in your photos you know I like mean, they got the boot, the photos, but they got the boot on yeah but like a dress with the boot on versus like a suit with the boot on like i feel like exactly. suit with the boot on might be a little easier but like you wearing this nice yeah. dress and then you got this like yeah, I ain't hit toe. I'm sorry. Know. I just went in. I just went in depth. You know, I, that's you something know. that you don't want on your conscience. I hear that exactly. <laughs> I got too complicated, y'all. But I mean, it, that's hey, how I it is. About it. Exactly. All right. Well, I would want to play. Uh, well, I wanted to play kickball, but Tania kind of like dampered that. <laughs> so now I'm like, maybe we don't run the 5K. Maybe we just walk the 5K because like I don't want nobody tripping or nothing. Like, dang. Okay. <laughs> but I was thinking kickball would have been fun because it takes you back to like field day, no, like being is. in school, Got you know? Camp, summer camp. Exactly. And it you is. don't, like, that's the thing you could do with your like wedding party. And mm-hmm. that gets the chance for like everybody to get to know each other. It's like, mm-hmm something where you know like you're you don't have to be on right you could just be like unless True. you're like competitive i guess but you know anyway. but i'm gonna need y'all <laughs> to get prepared before we go in 
on game day. Cause all right, so do some stretches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Drink your water. Like exactly, be lubricated exactly. for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We all don't right. Have, no rhabdo or anything. So yeah. All right. Round two, child. Oh goodness. Okay. So would you? Rather try to lose 30 pounds before the wedding or just maintain your current weight? What would be your preference? I would. It also does depend on like how much time I got. But um, I feel as if the easier thing would be just to maintain where with that substantial amount of weight loss, mm-hmm. a lot of new habits need to be formed. Lifestyle adjustments need to happen where maintenance, it's, it's just that, you know? You check in like a car for tune-up, we good? Cool, let's keep driving. Versus, you know, dang, all these lights are up on your dash. We got to do this whole big like job. And that's kind of, you know, the, the analogy here. Yeah, that's actually a really good one. Ooh, because I don't like them uh, big maintenances because they cost a lot. <laughs> sure do. Take you out real quick. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay, Tania, what about you? To be honest, I'm a lose of 30 pounds, <laughs> but I'm going to start early. So, okay. yeah, yeah, I'm going to start early and do what I need to do. And you have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have been. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been getting up early, real early. I see. Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I would want to just maintain my weight because the dress was fit for this body. And uh, let's just try to keep it for the next six, five months. And then after that, I could go into like more toning and trying to lose. But um, anyway, all right, round three. So would you rather buy your wedding outfit one size smaller than what you currently wear or buy your wedding outfit one size larger? <laughs> I'm really thinking because when I was younger, I would always wear like small shirts on purpose just so like my arms look big. Oh, I grew out of that, but I'd be like, yo, let me rock with my medium. Like it's <laughs> so that kind of took me back a little bit. Um, but honestly, I feel like just for the sake of the fit and how it could look, like, I don't want to be swimming in a suit, like, in photos and, like, having to, like, hitch up everything. I feel like I would go with the smaller, but for a different reason than what I used to wear smalls for. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, Tania, what about you? I'm, I would get it one size bigger and then, and then have it altered just because I'd be, like, for okay. example, if I don't lose that 30 pounds, then, you know, I want to make sure I have enough room to, you know, fit in the dress, you know? Okay. So I would get it one size bigger. And if I fit that big size, then, hey, but if I don't, then it can go in a little bit, you know? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It's mm-hmm. easier to get rid of extra fabric than it is to add it on. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So with that, I would agree. I would have said one size smaller, but now you got me nervous. So yes. Listen, I'm just talking about myself because, (laughs) (laughs) you know. (laughs) That's true. It's true. Okay. Well, the final round, would you, so this is on your registry, which would you prefer to have a Vitamix or a Peloton? Ooh. I, I gotta go with the Vitamix. 
Um, okay. I love me some smoothies. They're mm. multi-purpose. Like, I mean, some of them got a heating function. Mm-hmm. You make some like dips up in there, some hummus, some food processed stuff. And honestly, Peloton, it doesn't really appeal to me. I'd much rather be on an actual bicycle and going outside like, ooh, I'm enjoying the weather. I might see a dog. Like, who knows? <laughs> I just, the Peloton, I'm just looking at, you know, a wall in my house and I'm like, why right. don't I sweat outside? <laughs> That's just me. Okay. Very good. You know, this is hard. Only because I see that everyone and their mama has has a Peloton. A, yeah, has a Peloton. I love, I love the Vitamix. Like that's like I use it every day. So it is expensive, and so I'm like, would I want to buy it, or would I want someone else to buy me <laughs> like a, a new one? Because I got an old one. So like uh, this one's hard, but I don't really like the bike. <laughs> you know, Peloton is more than just a bike. They have like a treadmill as well yeah yeah i mean i'm just trying to give you options yeah Yeah, true true (laughs) true but i think i'm gonna choose the vitamix just because i think i would get tired of the peloton because i do not like to sit on the bike like i like the spinning classes but child my butt be hurting afterwards oh yeah yeah bricks exactly (laughs) exactly even if you get like the wider seats yeah no so I'll go with the Vitamix, but, you know, low key, I-, I was definitely looking at, okay, well, how much does this Peloton cost? But never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, um, you know, I agree. I love a good smoothie as well. I'm like Dorian, like just, you can have a smoothie for literally anything. Like, you, you just want something in you. Just make a smoothie. Like, whereas, I mean, I think there may be some neat features to Peloton that, like, if you have a Peloton and you have the membership, like, you know, you could do some of that stuff. But I have a Peloton membership and I don't have a Peloton. I use the classes and, like, it's fine. Like, you know, them calling out, oh, so-and-so had their 100th ride. That's not enough for me to be like, you know what? I need this. Like, you know, if someone wanted to gift you, because it's definitely not cheap, that's cool. But you could use that Vitamix like every single day. Are you going to use the Peloton every day? You know, so that's kind of... that Vitamix lasts. Oh, I yeah. think that is like, true. Like, I think we've had ours now for maybe maybe over eight years and it's still going wow mm. yeah it's still going so endless like variety of fruit you can switch it up every yes. time you want to do something yeah and are we still going to be talking about peloton in like eight years probably like, not. to be realistic there will probably <laughs> be like another fad exercise toy that's out at that point right like True. so very likely yeah or there may be a better bike or a better whatever. So, no, nah, I'm good. Um, well, we are now done with this or that. We're pretty much all on the same page. And having fitness-related questions was different from our norm of standard wedding stuff. Those yeah. still related, whatever. Yeah, so, that's true. Anyway, we're going to get into all of these good questions because I'm sure there are plenty of girls and guys that are listening to us that are like, 
uh, I need to figure something out. And I see in these Facebook groups where people are like, I need to lose 20 pounds in a month. What diet did y'all do? And then someone's like, girl, I did the cayenne and I did the this, that, and the other. Or girl, I just juiced for, and I'm like, you did 20 what? 20 pounds? Yes. Yes. These people That's are not like. not even healthy. It, well, <laughs> look, these people are like trying to fit into a dress that they probably shouldn't have bought in that size. Or maybe it was one of these dresses they had made like in China that got here like within a window. So, you know, it's already kind of fit to like, it's probably fit to your August 2020 body, not your June or when this episode airs, it might be July, like 2021 body, which could be a 15, 20, 30 pound difference. Quarantine was rough on folks. So, you know. Hopefully our listeners will enjoy this one. So I'll start with basically, I loved your approach when I even asked you to come on the show. I was like, let's talk about sweating for the wedding. And you're like, so no. So tell us why you're like, no, to sweating for the wedding. All right. And it's been trending for so long, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like when I was at that corporate job, it was like six years ago. And my manager there was actually getting married. She's like, I'm hashtag sweating. I'm hashtag shredding. And at the time, I was like, ooh, that's catchy. Now I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that one. And I feel as if it's not only normalizing disordered movement and eating patterns, it also glamorizes it. And, you know, hashtags and trends and all this stuff, communities could get, you know, put behind this, movements can be started behind this. But at the end of the day, you know, sweating for the wedding, this is what sweat is, right? Our body has feedback loops, just like other things have feedback loops. If you get, let's say, something from your refrigerator, you want to heat it up, you put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, take it out, it's too cold, that's a feedback loop. You're like, nah, let's pop it in for another 15 seconds. Let's pop it in for whatever. Our bodies, they go like... It's getting hot. We got to cool down. Let's sweat. Sweat comes. That's what sweat does. (laughs) And it also positions sweating as an end goal or like an indicator of progress where Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily how it goes. You could have a great workout and not particularly sweat. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, I need to sweat, I need to sweat, you're just going to keep going harder. You're going to really push your limits in a sense, which could be unsafe, which feeds back into that, you know, disordered exercise or movement pattern that I said. And it also shares that the only way to get results is to go through extremes. So that's why I feel like there's such a big problem with just the whole sweating or shredding for the wedding mentality hashtag. That makes so much sense the way you frame that because I never put the two together, but like in recent workouts, I've had some where I didn't really burn a lot of calories or I didn't really um, sweat a lot, but it's like, those were more of kind of like strength building. Like some of the cardio ones were the ones where maybe I sweat a little bit more, but the strength ones weren't like for me to lose a lot of calories or burn a lot of calories rather, or to like really sweat in that same way I would if I were doing a cardio exercise. So I never put those two together. Child, like sweating 
like he said, like if you're not doing the proper movements, if you're not, you know, doing the proper rest breaks and all that, mm-hmm. like, like all you're doing is just sweating. I sweat doing anything. So, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm burning fat. So. <laughs> Real. so yeah. So there's people out there that really think, okay, if I'm sweating, then I'm doing something, you know, you know, then I'm losing some weight in actuality. You're probably not. So with that being said, what's more important, working out or eating right? I love this question, <laughs> but um, straight up, they are both important. Um, I do want to go on record saying that if I were to prioritize, though, I would put eating right in first. And there's a couple of reasons why, because we get energy from the foods that we eat. Ideally, it's more on the whole food spectrum where... When I say whole foods, I don't mean the store. I mean foods that are closest to where they are in nature. So you don't see a bag of chips walking around in the forest. You can see some wildlife. You can see things of that nature. Um, They grew from the ground. They have children. Like, you know, these are the, the whole food types where they have the most nutrients in them, where... Once you ideally have more of this inside of what you eat and intake, you then have more energy to be able to move better, move effectively, move efficiently. And it's not to say that food is just fuel. I feel like that's another narrative that's gotten, you know, a lot of, I guess you could say momentum. Um, Food is so many things to so many people, right? Like (laughs) it's culture, it's comfort, it's connection. And I feel like minimizing food to just fuel is also in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. problematic, but ideally we're moving in a way that is supported by what we eat that allows us to feel and perform our best. And in order to move better, we got to load up adequately. Great answer. Yes. So speaking about food, what is wrong with crash diets before the wedding? And I mean, to be honest, it doesn't just have to be before the wedding because child, these, these little crash diets or these little new fads, yeah, I'm so tired of them. But what do you think? <laughs> what do I think? Oh, man. So crash diets, I like to say they adopted the whole carnival business model where, you know, Something comes to town, we're crooked. If someone does succeed, it's because we were cutting corners and weren't, you know, impossible for them to succeed. And once people get wise to us, oh crap, like that thing ain't working that well. We skip town and like hit the next group of people because they don't know, they're not the wiser. So I like to think of crash diets like that where someone signs up for something it could be i think ashley said something about like a cayenne something it, that's that's a little out there to me personally and crash diets they really don't facilitate skills such as you know how do i look for specific food items how do i shop in a grocery store how do i prep these things how do i cook them how do i store them how do i add flavors to just all these things it's just you know this is the amount of calories you need to have for the day This is what you restrict, go. And, you know, it's just really having people fend for themselves. 
without really teaching them skills or ways to adapt in the event that, you know, after the crash diet's over, let's say it's like a, a 60 day crash diet. What about day 61? Like mm-hmm. I didn't learn how to eat better or how to incorporate better shopping habits on my own. I was just told to do something. And now that I don't have that anymore, I might as well revert back to where I was because I don't know any better. And I feel like that's another problem with crash diets. I think crash diets too are this thing that like, unless you grew up in a household where they prioritize health and eating right and doing things like that, crash diets are like these quick fixes where you know, so-and-so's mom or like your mom or an aunt or something like that is doing whole 30 or the keto diet, or it was the South beach diet back in the day, or, you know, they was taking fin fin pills and all those type of things to just kind of like lose weight really quickly. But no one, like you were saying, learned anything. It was just do this thing, not really knowing how it impacts your body not really knowing the long-term effects and all of that. And it was always like this quick little thing. And the second it ended, folks just went back to how they were eating before and all that weight they lost within that 30, 60, 90 day period came back tenfold or, you know, like it came back. Um, so then it's like, then what was all of this for? If, you know, yeah, and there was actually another point there that I forgot to mention um, mm-hmm. with, you know, the continual failure that just reinforces, you know, the story that we tell about ourselves. So where you get into that point, like, I ain't even got any more tries left in me. Like, am I destined to be this way? And just all mm-hmm. these other negative associations because this isn't working. This isn't the thing. But the problem isn't the, like, you. The problem is the thing. Mm. exactly I have so many patients who come to me and like what do you think about this blah 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 and I'm like I've never even heard of that but let me go ahead and refer you to this nutritionist and have you talked to them I'm not um, I'm not certified to you know talk about nutrition I can talk about the basic stuff but you know as far as like getting in detailed about the you know what to eat when to eat yeah no that's not um, that's not my ministry so I stay away from that but you know, but I basically, you know, I talk about it needs to be something that you can maintain. You know, you can't maintain the keto diet for two, three years down the road. You know, how the flip is looking like, like, you know, because you're eating mainly fats. And so I'm like, OK, you, you already have high cholesterol. Now you all you're doing is eating fats. Mm-mm, mm-mm, we need to talk more about this. And so like whatever diet that you do, you just need to be able to maintain it. And if you can't maintain uh, drinking um, the lemon, hot water, cayenne pepper, and uh, what else is in there? Um, Maple or something? like. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. If you can't maintain that, child, then don't start it. what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So because you are an actual trainer and there, I'm sure whether it's a listener or a friend of a listener, somebody is out there possibly finding their trainer on Instagram. But you know, on Instagram is about 1,500 trainers, trainers. 
So with that being said, are there and what are the red flags that maybe we should look for when kind of going through and seeing some of these um, accounts come across like our explore feed? Right. That's a really good question. And there are absolutely some like telltale things that you could, you know, if that's something they're displaying, something on your head better like, ooh, I don't know about that one. So I personally work off of what's called a biopsychosocial approach. So whenever I'm working with someone, I take into account their personal biologies. Like how old are they? Have they had any injuries? Get some good details about them as a person. I get like an intake of their psychological profile. So like, what do you think about specific things? Like, where's your mental health at? What do you enjoy? And then like things in a social context. So all that to say, I learn about the person before suggesting anything. And oftentimes, especially with just how we spoke about diets, Mm -hmm. I personally don't think there's a best diet. I feel as if the best diet is the diet that, you know, you're eating things that you enjoy. It's sustainable. It adds to your life. You're not feeling restrictive. You're feeling comfortable. But if someone's like, all right, just do this. And they didn't get any of this background information on you. So if I said, okay, you know, the best diet is a paleo diet. And then they're like, well, I'm a vegan. And it's like, ooh, I didn't take two seconds to learn that about you. Mm -hmm. Or like, (laughs) I actually have an allergy to like, you know, X, Y, Z. So people that just make blanket assumptions or like give blanket advice without really getting to know somebody Mm -hmm. now there is like a distinction because there's some tried and true principles like eating more of nutritious foods or getting some activity is cool but it's not like telling someone you need to run 45 minutes a day every day or just giving that specific you know instruction despite not knowing what's going on i feel like that's another red flag and just seeing if they have multiple tools in their toolbox to say where a lot of personal trainers starting out if they are certified it's like this worked for me so it's gonna work for everybody but going back to that biopsychosocial approach that's not gonna work for everybody you're not gonna prescribe a 70 year old with a total knee replacement box jumps because you're a basketball player that's a recipe for disaster (laughs) so you know just really being seen as a person first Mm -hmm. is something that you do want to look for and if that doesn't happen that's a red flag very good point yeah very true i think you hit all those top red flags that you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't really look for you know they just want the results you know so if and so if you can get them there and you know it's inexpensive then you know yeah. right <laughs> they see those transformation photos and they're like oh that's it or the like reels or like the instagram story of them doing like burpees or something and it's like oh, okay no (laughs) let's go beyond just you know them posting a video so um 
So how kind of switching back to thinking more of like the bride to bees and the groom to bees, like how do we keep ourselves motivated when we're so busy planning and working and maybe we got kids or we got other things that are going on that make our health often go to the backseat? Right. So motivation is one of those like we know what motivation is, but it's so hard to grasp. It's nebulous. It's something that just eludes us so much where I feel as if coming from that mindset where if you could understand that all or nothing isn't necessary for progress, if you could increase movement or add in fruit or vegetables in your lunch or cook more, utilize even shortcuts that make things easier for like adding more nutrition. So pre-cut vegetables or like washed salads that like already are a thing or chicken strips or, you know, something where even though, you know, you got to do it and you might be lacking on time or it's like too much of a chore in essence to get done, but you know, to help you progress. If there's a shortcut there, I say, take it. Um, Hmm. Oftentimes I feel like there's certain weight put on I got to do everything myself like especially with you know you see all these meal prep things with like Tupperware Mm -hmm. that is like completely taking up people's refrigerators and it's like you know I did this I spent my entire Saturday or Sunday like batch cooking and this and it does work cool but let's say Sunday was a day off in which you were like visiting vendors or like doing something to that point where you know you're being taken away from something maybe you have to lean a little bit more on a shortcut there. Even if you don't cook something yourself, you can still, you know, shave time off by like doing those like steamable vegetables instead of having to go to the produce section and like kind of pick out your favorite broccoli crown. Like, no, that one's a little bruised. Like that one's this. And then like you wash (laughs) it and then you cut. Any sort of shortcut you can take, I say absolutely go for it. And Also be real with yourself because things are tough. I know we had this conversation earlier today. I ain't do nothing. I ain't do a lick of nothing. And that's fine. (laughs) Like, um, sometimes you just have to take that, you know, step back and decompress, especially when you got all this extra noise going on. But Mm -hmm. when motivation is super low, ideally you'll pick something that's ridiculously easy and ensures that it'll actually move you closer to your goal and that it's something that you can and want to do. So baby steps here. <laughs> like um, in the time motivation's low, but you have like a habit that is consistently serving you, you can mm-hmm. lean into the habit versus the motivation and then have that propel you. Another <laughs> perfect thing, you know how, I feel like it's a shared experience universally where mm-hmm. alarm clock goes off and you wake up, but you don't get out of bed like that's something what's known as sleep inertia where just as it doesn't you know we don't completely wind down immediately when we go Mm -hmm. to sleep we don't automatically start up and motivation is pretty similar if you feel like oh i gotta get to the gym if you take like that one next step like the gym's the end goal but mm-hmm. what could I do right now? So like, maybe I could get off my couch. Like, that'll help. Maybe I could put on my shoes, get my water. If you have like a remote start, this is a trick that I always use. Because you ain't just going to have your car just on. <laughs> like, just beep, beep, have that going. Hear the engine is revving. 
get in the mm-hmm. car. Like, you ain't gonna just have it there. You can turn it off, but like, ideally, you know, you're like building momentum, doing all those other small actions, and you're like, all right, I'm ready. That's a great analogy. And I actually, I have that on my car. I do not know how to. <laughs> I never know how to start the car. They're with different the for every car. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look at the manual. Um. <laughs> As we were talking, um, that kind of brings us to our next question: How can we reduce the stressors that come with being engaged? First, mm-hmm. I would say you know take inventory of what it is because there's a wide range of what stressors are what they could look like, how they could impact you. And sometimes, you know, they're not really a big deal. A big thing I do see with, you know, to be wet specifically is this external pressure to look a specific way. And that's emotional stress. You know, I feel guilty or I feel shame or I fear being judged. There, you know, you could take inventory of that and then investigate what's going on, how you feel, be honest with these, acknowledge these things where I feel emotions, they tell you what it is that you're looking for, or they tell you there's a problem happening and I need something to solve it. It could be particularly mental stress where there's so many freaking options that uh, (laughs) someone could take for a wedding, like, and there's not enough time or there's not enough support. Everything needs to be perfect. That could just be a whole bunch of mental stress. Um, The first thing is I'd say take note on what these stressors are for you, what they look like for you. Prioritize them in terms of like what's taking the most out of me, what's something that I can kind of put on the back burner, what's something that needs to be immediately addressed and what resources do I have to handle this where problems, need resources to be solved, where generally if something is beyond our capabilities, we have to look for something elsewhere to help us deal with it. So if, you know, it's decision fatigue or like, I'm just really overwhelmed with these things, could you get feedback from other people? Are there people that have or contribute a safe space to you where you could feel unjudged that goes back to that emotional stress. Could you combine them both in a sense where take an inventory of what the stressor is and then also making a plan to extract whatever resources you can to deal with this. There's a financial stress where oftentimes with weddings specifically, like that stuff can add up so quick. You can get sticker shock with things. It's just like, you could really get thrown for a loop with stuff financially for a wedding. So one thing for a financial stress, I like to say is how could you do what's called yay without boo? So like, yay, I'm getting the same feeling of something that might be out of my price range, but like without boo, like it's not that, but it's close to, or it elicits the same feeling, or it has same significance. That could be a way to, you know, mediate a financial stress, but doing that, you had to be aware of what it was and then take inventory. And then what resources do I have? Am I creative? Do I have a creative friend? Like, how could we do that balloon arch without paying balloon arch money (laughs) or like things of that nature? You just match the resource to the problem and lean on that support that you might have. 
And I feel like those are great ways to deal with stress. Great advices. And I think that Ashley and I can, you know, take uh, that advice as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so do we need accountability partners? Accountability partners. Do we need? Now, yes. I love it. because um, <laughs> Do we need them? Like, how is positioned? Not necessarily. Are they useful? Can they help? Absolutely. Like, as I just said, I'm a uh-huh. firm believer in, you know, receiving support in any type of way that you can get it and how it comes or how it shows up, especially for wedding prep. Now, where it could get a little dicey, like <laughs> accountability partners can go south or get sour if expectations and boundaries aren't set and if like a nice safe space isn't established. So let's say, you know, someone's engaged and they want to embark on a fitness journey and they enlist, you know, let's say someone who's a bridesmaid or just a work friend, somebody, right? But they have this proximity with them, they have this relationship with them. And let's say this accountability partner doesn't particularly have a fitness goal, but you know, they're down for the ride, they're down to support, they're there to be there for you so you're not going at it alone. They might not be as invested in it because it's not them. It could threaten the way of how the relationship is, whether, you know, let's say they go to happy hour after work because they stress and it's like, oh, this is a gym now? Like, we ain't trying to do that. Um, it could threaten some things that are in place or it could even turn into a situation where that partner could be judgy or mean or shame the person or be toxic or it's like, I'm doing my part where you at? Or like, you don't want this badly enough. I'm doing this for you and you ain't showing up. So I feel like setting these expectations and boundaries up front for like what it is you're looking for absolutely gives that extra stretch in the value of an accountability partner. Because sometimes, you know, you just want someone to check in with where, you know, how'd you eat at the end of the day? Or like, did what generally turned you to eating let's say you had like a stressful day at work like how do you deal with the stress like did you eat what you usually have like did you go for the ice cream did you have a chat with your friend i could be that friend or did you go on a walk did you clear your mind it looks different for different people but setting that expectation up front and sticking to that I feel is better served than just, you know, having someone be everything and just like going all in on like a workout, if that makes sense. (laughs) No, it does. Like while you were talking, um, like it reminded me of uh, this IG post where, you know, the girl is in her car and her friend calls and it's like, girl, I just got done eating my little salad and my little celery or whatever. And so then she's like, oh, like, what did you eat today? And she's like, girl, I had the same thing. And she's like tearing up like <laughs> um, like a Big Mac and some French fries. And she's like, mm-hmm, I'm eating my <laughs> I'm eating my carrots right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that reminded me of that because I mean, I've I mean, to be honest, I mean, I can say I've been that person where it's like my friend is like, okay, you gonna be my partner? I'm like, yeah, girl, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, did you work out today? Oh, I did a little something. Basically, I just walked up my stairs. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I think we've all been that person, but 
But yeah, I do think, you know, you're right. Do we need an accountability partner? I mean, maybe we do, but we need to choose that accountability partner wisely. I feel like, as I said, like that expectation, ideally, I'd say, and you know, this could be different for everybody, but Mm -hmm. being transparent, being non-judgmental, being flexible, Mm -hmm. like let's say today is Monday. So let's say, you know, accountability partners like, all right, Tuesday, Thursday, and let's just say Saturday because of every other day, like we're going to the gym and let's say, you know, Thursday doesn't really work for me instead of, you know, coming at you with fangs and like venom and like being mad and like mean, like that's unwarranted. I feel like, I feel like if you let them know ahead of time enough, something could get rescheduled or something of that nature where that's more, you know, beneficial and helpful versus like, well, if they reacted this way, when I tried to, you know, let them know something was up, how are we gonna, you know, mesh? Like, I feel like this is gonna do more harm than good. So those are some things I would also like look out for in like an accountability partner. Like, can you have that transparency? Can you be honest? Will you be judged? Is it safe? Um, Do you enjoy doing things in specific capacities with this person? Stuff like that. Very good, very good. Okay, so how do we, like, encourage our bridal or, like, our wedding party to lose weight? Because these are sometimes the ones that are like, girl, let's go to brunch. Or, you know, they know you're trying to lose weight, but they're also like, okay, what that got to do with me? Like, I still want to go get, you know, I want to try this restaurant or I want to, you know, go to this place. So how do we try to encourage our folks to kind of like be on the page with us? Let's pretend that this is a group of friends, some from high school, college, all over the place. Maybe the collective group, say, of six different people, maybe four of them put on some quarantine pounds. And so now it's like, okay, we have this wedding coming up at the end of the year, the beginning of next year. We all need to collectively do this. But at the same time, there are still those pressures from those friends that may not feel as much as like this is their priority because they're they're the bridesmaids or they're the groomsmen like they don't care you know it's uh it's your thing that you're really trying to push for but it's like no all of us really need to be on the same page but you know but brunch you know so yeah yeah I, i hear that um and it could be difficult to navigate territory where you want them to feel included, (laughs) but you also got a goal that you're mindful of. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did allude to this a little bit with that like accountability partner answer Mm -hmm. where oftentimes, you know, if someone's on a fitness goal and they have friends that could threaten what's in place already, right? Where instead of Taco Tuesdays, what are we doing? Turn up Tuesdays? Like, I don't want to turn up. And that was just because they both tease. Um, I don't think anybody really does turn up Tuesdays. If so, seek help. <laughs> but also do what you do. I don't judge. Said seek help. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to that point, right? Like, Wine Wednesday is like, what, are we drink a seltzer now? Like, that's boring. So things 
get threatened that's in place if you know someone has a goal or multiple people have a goal so i feel like just even acknowledging that and even trying to healthify these types of outings and behaviors like do our fellowships have to like revolve around food per se like yeah we like brunch but what we really like is like the quality time we spend with each other. Like we have to catch up. Like maybe we could go on a walk while we catch up if it's like nice outside. How could we combine these behaviors? Like I don't, this is one of my favorite tips, right? Um, <laughs> to me and my write this down because you said like the meal, the meal prep thing, like week four wasn't cutting it. So how about have, once again, healthy competition could be fun. Um, do like a nice healthy meal cook-off. Like everybody brings like their favorite dish. Make sure you got oven space though. Like <laughs> you don't want to be fighting over that. But you know, let's say it's a group of four or five friends. Like y'all all cook like a dinner. You all have like a serving there. Everyone gets something to take home with them. You get to congregate around food that y'all made. So like y'all know what's in it. And it's a more healthy option than the brunch or like taking out. You're still getting that time together. You're all doing a behavior that is, you know, taking you in that direction of your goals. And y'all ain't got to cook again. That's like one example. But I'd say look at the value of, you know, the outing. And then really peel back a little bit more. Like, is it really the, the outing itself? And if it is, you know, maybe instead of doing it every week, it goes to bi-weekly or like once a month. You don't have to absolutely cut something out. But also at that same time, if you have this goal, it's like, what will allow me to keep seeing progress? And maybe for those other three weeks out of the month, you can do, you know, like a walking, like meeting with your friend meeting sounds so formal like a walking like <laughs> chill session with your friends or like that cook off like contests then bam let's make like a bracket like <laughs> all right Sunia won in the first <laughs> round so like <laughs> who got me next week like i'm gonna defend my title it, that just makes things more fun so how can we make things more fun? How can we healthify these behaviors? How can we really tap into the value of our shared time together? And that's how I feel like is a great way to encourage that behavior without, you know, completely shutting things out. I love that idea. And I may, uh, I may do that. Go for it. Yes. <laughs> so it's like I throw down, like, ain't nobody taking my crap. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with brunch. Shoot, I can throw down and brunch now. Can you? Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here she go trying to shade me. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the importance of a strong pelvic floor. Oh, man. Now, I feel like part of this question might have came because I have a blog post about this. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So um, let's start with the definition of what it is. I feel like those who might have had children might be familiar with it. But in essence, it's a group of muscles and connective tissue that's inside the base of the pelvis. And a strong pelvic floor allows you to ward off some pretty, let's say, like, 
unpleasant, undesirable scenarios for a wedding. So a strong pelvic floor with optimal function, it doesn't leak urine, it can hold your bladder and your bowels. So with weddings, I'm pretty sure like y'all seen like the NASCAR pit stop squad trying to help the bride pee during the wedding or like everybody's like all hands on deck. First of all, let's hope that you make it to the toilet. <laughs> like a strong pelvic floor will help with that. Um, and also earlier, we were talking about, well, we were talking about Meg knees and like being able to drop it and do all that type of stuff. Yeah, You're going to be on your feet a long, long time, most likely. You might also wear heels, which could exacerbate just the stress that is, you know, and the pressure that's going to the lower back. Having a strong pelvic floor does help with stability and allows you to ward off any sort of lumbar pain. Especially since, you know, you could be walking upstairs, you're walking slowly to the aisle where it's like, ooh, I just want to be there already. But my back is starting to, the dogs are barking, whatever the term was. I think that's for feet, but whatever. Anyway, um, you could be feeling <laughs> something and it's like, yes. like strengthening that area really allows you to just feel better and perform better in terms of just like standing up and not seeing fatigue as much. And a strong pelvic floor, if it's important to someone, like it adds to a tight, firmer stomach. So the more core and pelvic stabilization you have, the area looks flatter. So I know like that's a goal that a lot of, you know, brides have. So just being able to really do that and strengthen that, it just makes things so much easier <laughs> for the wedding day, like from a, a function standpoint. I agree. I agree. Especially, you know, like as you, as you stated, um, you know, those people who actually suffer from lower back pain, you know, having a strong core will help, you know, decrease that pain. And so, like you said, we're going to be on our feet for how long? Five, six? Too long. <laughs> out a whole day. Well, yeah, basically a whole day. Yeah. So, yeah. You back pain when you're dancing. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you need that core to help you straighten up and keep you up <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right so final question dorian um what advice would you give to a bride or groom that gained some quarantine weight um and wants to lose before their 2020 to wedding day i've been thinking about this for a little bit it might be a little long-winded but it's like it. a couple different like approaches here so first and foremost um if in the event someone did gain weight during quarantine all behaviors that we take as humans help us cope or solve a problem so if you gained weight let's normalize it because it wasn't just you that it happened to that could allow you to you know feel less bad or less guilty if you know you felt like you let yourself go so to speak um i'd also start with showing yourself some self-compassion because in the face of the unknown like ain't nobody know it was going to be gone this long no one knew what the future held not just for your specific life or your wedding but the world at large so i mean maybe eating a little bit more than you ordinarily do but you're in control of that allows her some comfort and relief in an otherwise unknown world 
So I feel like showing yourself some compassion helps to mitigate some harsh self-judgments or criticisms you might have had on yourself. So after showing yourself compassion, I would recommend, and this is a little bit of a framework that I have for wedding weight loss. It's called the four laws of wedding weight loss, and it's hierarchical. So the most important at the top, and then least important, but albeit still important, is lower. So first, we hit it earlier, um, nutrition. A big thing I feel here is you want to focus more on addition, not subtraction, because subtracting tends to bring forth these limiting, scarce thoughts and take us back into that restrictive mentality, where to lose weight, you need to be in what's called an energy deficit. If I can get a little sciency here, where it just means that the energy that you are outputting is more than the energy you're taking in. So energy deficits are what lose weight. That's more important than if you add seasoning to your food, where I feel like that dilemma, that problem that someone could have, that goes more to that like restrictive idea. But Instead, if you add more whole foods, add some fruits, add some vegetables, add some lean protein sources, some healthy fats, some complex carbs, that allows for you to do more of what you enjoy and prioritize your preferences and add this stuff in versus like, okay, I can't have this thing or I got to cut this out. And then that just leads to that, as I've shared, scarcity mentality. So that's the first thing, focus on those nutritions and get rid of that restrictive mindset, focus more on that addition. Second, get your sleep on. <laughs> that is second in this hierarchy where honestly, as I said, get your sleep on. I thought of Missy Elliott's get to freak on. I said that in my head. I'm so crazy. Yeah, I'm I always thinking of you. No, I, I did too. I love okay. it. Both of y'all. That's so <laughs> funny. It was like him. Oh yeah. my God. So when we're deprived of sleep, we pretty much suck as humans <laughs> where this isn't by any means an exhaustive list, but sleep loss we have impaired moods like we get hungrier um we're not able to regulate our hormones as they should be um we can have that mind fog we have low energy just all these things that just make it hard to live but when we get good quality sleep it helps us lose fat build muscle regulate these hormones regulate hunger appetite and satiety and so much more. Like once we add in more sleep, we feel and function better when we're rested, but when we're deprived, we suck. So like, I like to say adopt a sleep ritual where it's no secret, like everything was already turning more technological, but like remote work is like shot up since last year. So people are behind screens more than ever. People are behind lights more than ever. If you could take yourself away from these lights, like as is going closer towards bedtime, make your room as dark as possible, be able to, you know, empty out some thoughts you might have. I like journaling before I go to bed. So like my mind's not racing, it's just calm and I can just go to sleep easier. Starting a sleep ritual allows you to really get that better sleep, which also in turn goes to shedding those quarantine pounds as, you know, preface for this question. Third thing 
is to manage the stress. So too much stress could make us either obsessive or anxious, right? Like too little stress, you know, we're bored and like, what's the point of this? Like there's no direction. And as I shared, like too much, you're anxious and bored. So managed stress doesn't put you on either end of that spectrum. And it helps you stay energized, growing and moving towards your goal. So exercise itself is a stressor, but it's one of those good types of stress or you stress. And then, you know, the person who cuts you off in traffic and you, you run a late to your meeting and this looming deadline, like this is distress where that impairs so many other processes in the body that could stop us from seeing results where in essence, when you're super, super, super stressed, like let's walk through like a, a fake day. Um, <laughs> let's say you woke up late and you know, you're not gonna make it to work on time. And, you know, you don't get breakfast as you should. So you get something to drive through. So you're feeling bad about yourself. And now you're stuck in traffic. And then, oh, no, you spilled coffee on your shirt. And like, oh, you're getting like business from your, your boss, your manager, because you're late. Oh, man, like, he has subject toe on the day. Like, I'm really piling it on here. But let's just say, like, at the end of this day, you're like, all right, I got to the gym and I'm going to, like, maximally lift. That's not a good idea because like all this stuff that your body went through, it's what's known as your allostatic load. It's like, what am I able to handle right now? I might not be able to handle the stressor of a maximal movement right now. So maybe I should dial that back and manage this and feel better before going to it. Not to say, you know, don't move at all. You could do something that's less intense, like maybe walking, maybe something that's like a yoga, maybe something that's recreational, like a sport, like a kickball game, <laughs> as we share. But, you know, managing that stress is something else that once it's managed, you could keep seeing this progress versus, you know, why aren't I going from this old, phase of homeostasis to this next homeostatic state where I'm stronger, where I'm more conditioned. And then lastly, <laughs> in that hierarchy is strength training. So when it comes to fat loss, actually, it's often thought to, you know, like kick up the cardio as much as you can. But cardio is only helpful to fat loss if it contributes to that energy deficit. So consistently working so intensely and for so long tends to like skyrocket your hunger because you're burning calories intensely, consistently. So that could leave you eating more and not progressing as you'd hope, especially for like working so damn hard. So cardio is best when it's added and then incrementally raised, not just maximal out the gate. And I like to describe that as I love me some Whitney Houston. <laughs> I think she's like the perfect like key change person, like the queen of key changes. So let's say like, I will always love you, right? The song starts so slow, it's like it's acapella. And then like, you know, as the song goes on, the power comes out. And <laughs> like towards the end where it's like the big, like grand and I like that's, the same trajectory as cardio should go. Like, you're not starting out like at the key chains, I will always love you. It's like, ain't no room to build here. It's 
pretty boring song now because like you did like the climactic part like in the beginning so strength training it can be paired with cardio but strength training it does a lot more for fat loss counterintuitively i feel like a lot of people have that cardio but as you build lean muscle you use energy during the workout but you also require energy to repair and restore the muscles that you were working on during the movement. So that soreness that you feel, once again, you want to prioritize the sleep because that's a great period for you to recover and repair. And that burns calories, which then takes you to a fat loss goal. And um, starting out with, I'd say, compound movements, which are multiple muscle groups working at once. So an example of a compound movement would be a shoulder press or a squat or a bench press or a deadlift versus let's say an isolation movement, which is just a bicep curl, which gets just the bicep. They have their place, but you know, starting out, that helps you to build that foundation in which you could build upon. So, so yeah, that was a long-winded answer, <laughs> but um, the four laws of the wedding weight loss are nutrition, get to sleep on, <laughs> manage stress, and strength training. That was perfect. We love that it was extremely detailed because it actually means that everyone listening, including the two of us, are taking something away from this. I know Tania was nodding her head the whole time when you were talking about sleep because I've been dealing with sleep issues. But Oh, yeah, you you did that. <laughs> that was good. Thank you, Dorian. Happy to hear. And starting small, like, it's not to be slept on, ironically. Like, don't sleep on starting small. Like, rejecting the idea that you have to be perfect or all or nothing. Because mm -hmm. the behavior that gets done consistently is better than the perfect possibility that never gets done. So if you can't do what you might have planned or what, you know, a trainer might plan for you, what could you physically, mentally, and emotionally manage and do that? Like if it's, Ooh, you were told to do an hour, but it's like, I got 15 minutes. Like, okay, do that. All or something is better than all or nothing. I like that. You're basically mm. just telling us to give ourselves some grace and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I've noticed that theme throughout a lot of your answers. It's like, you don't have to be this perfect, you know, like thing that's all packaged together. It's like, even if you take the shortcut or if you do the one thing that just puts you into the step of the right direction, that's better than not doing anything at all. It's real out here. <laughs> it is. It really, it really is. is. Oh my gosh. We thank you so much. We're not going to let you go just yet. It's time for some unsolicited advice. We haven't done this in a while, but for y'all that are listening, I like to give advice from time to time that you didn't ask for because when you are engaged or starting any new journey in your life, you get a lot of advice from people that have already gone through that or know somebody that went through that that you did not ask for. So the advice you did not ask for this week is and I want you to lean in close. Basically, at the end of the day, it is about you and your partner. Nobody else matters. 
nobody else's opinion. It is what you want and what they want. If y'all are on the same page, everything is good. If y'all are not on the same page, that's where y'all need to do a quick level set and figure out how to get things back on the up and up. But it doesn't matter what their parent wants, what you want, or what your parent wants, what your sibling says, what their bridal or wedding person, groomsman, bridesmaid, it does not matter. It is about the two of y'all, and that's it. So always go back to that. Y'all are the core of this thing. Y'all are the core of this event, and y'all are going to be the core of your family moving forward. So always make sure that is the thing you go back to. And that is my advice for this week. Tania, it's time for some vendors to live on. Yes, ma'am. Dorian, who would you like to shout out this week? This week, I would like to shout out Elizabeth at Kinship Collaborative. That's her at handle. I don't even know if she really like leads with like, my name's Elizabeth, but <laughs> Kinship Collaborative, where she helps nearlyweds mm. build emotional resilience and become more intentional and avoid wedding burnout. So I love her feed. Um, she's a licensed counselor and she really pushes, you know, intentional mental health, emotional health, being real with, you know, your feelings and not avoiding them so you could be more well for your wedding day. Ooh. And one more I would shout out is Will at Destinations Wedding Expert. He is like an experienced person. So hit him up if you're like that couple that wants that perfect destination that'll have your guests like speaking. <laughs> like to quote Bay. You know, you that when you cause all this conversation, he yes. will start that conversation for you. Love <laughs> so those that. are mine too. Love nice. that so much. So Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? I am shouting out a moody, moody photographer. You know me, that is my style. So I basically really, really love how she shoots, her editing style, everything about her. And her name is Aaliyah Clark. Her Instagram is by Aaliyah Clark. Aaliyah is spelled A-L-E-A-H. But if you look at her page, ooh, breathtaking, okay? And she's basically located like everywhere. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where you are. You can get her to you. But really, you look at her stuff and it is just like, whew, this is some of the most beautiful photography I've ever seen in my entire life. So yeah, I'm shouting out Aaliyah Clark by Aaliyah Clark. What about you, Tania? So yeah, so this week I actually have a violinist. Um, he actually studied at Juilliard in Yale. And he travels all over the world playing the violin. He definitely plays for different weddings or different events. His name is Richmond Punch. You can find him on IG at Violin Richmond, or you can find him at www.richmondpunch.net. 
So if you are in need of some entertainment at your wedding, look him up because he is the right one for you. Very nice. All right. So where can people find you if they want to follow you or if they want to get more gems from you? Uh, tell them where uh, they can find you. Right. Um, I am primarily on the gram on Instagram at Bridal Architects. Um, that's where you can really interact with me the most. I also do have a Facebook page, but it just has that extra barrier to like engage with that person. Mm-hmm. So um, I generally stay on Instagram. Um, I also have a blog at bridalarchitect.com where I love writing so much. You have to have that voice. You have to have that flair. It's just no one wants to hear these top five fitness tips for wedding. Like, that's yeah. boring. Like, let's really jazz it up. <laughs> and like, those are, you know, the, the positions that I take in my writing. And I actually have an upcoming free five-day workshop called the Rock Your Wedding Revolution, where it's five days of being able to, quite frankly, feel good as hell on your wedding day, where Mm -hmm. we hit different dimensions of health. So there's mental health, emotional health, physical health, relational health, existential health, where, you know, wedding confidence isn't a look it's a feeling that can be cultivated and if you do want to lose weight for your wedding do what you got to do feel how you want to feel who is anybody to negate that or invalidate that but i help you get more clear on why it matters and how it adds to your life and Mm -hmm. that inherently you know takes that pressure out where you could start to focus on the excitement and enjoyability of the process so that's what's coming up actually very, very nice. Tania, where can they find us? Yes, so you can find us on huidu.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter. You can find Ashley on Demitosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram at Bellsori. That's what's up. And if you made it this far, we need your iTunes love. Give us a review, please. Thank you so much. We love you forever. I'm so, again, grateful for you to come on the show and chat with us. I definitely learned a lot. Um, I know Tania did as well. This is going to be one of those episodes she's going to enjoy editing because she loves taking notes when she edits. (laughs) But you really did tell us, like, a lot. You gave us a lot of great information, and I think our listeners will definitely enjoy this as well. So. Thank you so much. Of service. Absolutely. I enjoyed this time. I enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. We're not going to hold you anymore. Um, so thank you so much again, Dorian. Yeah, no problem. Enjoy the rest of y'all day, y'all. Thank you. Yes, you yes. too. Get that good rest in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. All right, have a good one.